Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This podcast is made possible by our supporters over on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get your own RSS feed with ad-free shows and extra episodes every month, then head over to patreon.com slash Retro. Episode of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And my name is Derek Diamond. Is summer over yet? Are we there? Is it almost over? And we've got about maybe a year and a half left. <laughs> Look, but it seems like I want to talk to some of y'all out there right now. Some of some of you listening. Some of you crazy people out there actually enjoy summer. Like you actually enjoy summer. Like you look forward to it. Every year, and people talk about it online, how much they love summertime. I just want to ask, the hell is wrong with you? Summertime is the worst. It's the worst. So I will say, back in the day when I was younger, I looked forward to summer. Well, yeah, it's because we well, got well, off one, of school. Yeah, we didn't have school, and I, I'm going to find some kind of scientific proof and maybe bring it on the show next week there's no way that it was as hot then as it is now no there is no factual way that that is the case <laughs> i was just saying that the other day like i don't remember ever be being a kid like when i was a kid it, i don't think it was ever this hot like i don't ever remember there being um maybe one or two days out of the year where it was like uh, a heat warning like you know like a extreme heat warning other than that, it was never this hot for this long. Ever. Yeah, and, and now it's just, we call that Monday. Uh, Mushmouth in the chat room says, yeah, I think we was just smaller then. Well, I mean, that's true, but still. It wasn't this hot back then. I, I really don't think so. I but um, I do have some good news to, yeah. to bring to the show. Please. So, so um, for those that follow uh, my short film, on social media at the feature movie i got the uh, really exciting news that it's going to be playing in a couple of weeks at the tcl chinese theater in hollywood if you don't know what theater that is it's probably the most recognizable theater on the planet it's the one with all the celebrity handprints and the concrete at the entrance to the theater uh, it's going to be part of the, the Silicon Beach Film Festival. It's September 7th through the 15th. I don't know when exactly it's going to be playing yet, but Samantha and I will be going. That's awesome. So it, any... It's one of those things that, like, I don't know if I'll ever get that opportunity again. <laughs> I know. If, I, if we so, got ours there, if I had a movie play there, I would definitely be going. So I am so envious, and I just want to say congratulations. It's so awesome. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's it took a, a like a good day for it to really hit me, but it, it's it's really cool. It's and I'm you know really proud for everybody involved from the cast and the crew. 
um, you know, that they get to have their work featured at such an iconic place. So if we have any listeners in L.A., yeah, you can go and, and watch Derek's movie and uh, go see him. Go yeah. meet up. So let us know yeah, if, you're, if sure. you're out there. Yeah, write me at Derek underscore Diamond, and if you're if you're in the area, just let me know. That's awesome, man, dude. That that is that is a score and a half right there. Yeah, that's easily the most notable thing I think that that the movie has done. So we'll and, and there's still several more um, you know festival notifications that I'm waiting for. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens throughout the rest of the year. Meanwhile, me and Wally have written about 85 other scripts that'll probably never be be <laughs> produced because it's just too hard, man. It's too hard. Now uh, you guys will get there. Yeah, well, hopefully. But uh, Oh, we, we got, got, the, got some more more people watching. Yeah, we got some in the people chat. in the That's chat. That's cool. Room. Um and Mushmouth says big congrats and welcome yeah, tidbit thank retro. Thank you, sir. Howdy, howdy, yeah. but uh, but that's I don't really have anything to to bring to the table this week other than it's just too damn hot. It's too hot. Yeah, and we don't have our weekly Tears of the Kingdom update anymore. Yeah, none of that. We're done. But uh, we are going to be recording the uh, the extra Patreon episode in a couple of days. So if you're a patron of the show, you're going to get that in your feed towards the end of the week. And uh, if you're not a patron, that's the only way you're going to get it because I'm not letting anybody else listen to it. If you want to hear it, you got to be a patron. Keeping it locked behind that paywall. Absolutely. But uh, I'm ready to move <laughs> into the news. We got some breaking news today. Yeah, this is a big story. That's good. And I just said, let's goo it instead of let's do it. Like, that's gross. <laughs> so tonight's it's almost stories... like you were trying to say, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some of tonight's stories were submitted to us by uh, Tyler Watson and I am the Rampage. And if you have a story you'd like us to cover, send them to nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. And the first one is pretty much all over the internet today, but this comes from IGN. Uh, Nintendo confirms original Mario voice actor Charles Martinet is stepping back from recording. He has been the voice of the legendary plumber since 1991. Uh, you see, it has confirmed that he's stepping back, blah, blah, blah. Uh, shared the news on Twitter slash X, whatever you want to call it these days, saying fans can also expect... A special video message from Shigeru Miyamoto and Martinet to arrive at a later date. Uh, he has been the original voice of Mario in Nintendo games for a long time, as far back as Super Mario 64, Nintendo wrote. Charles is now moving into the brand new role of Mario Ambassador. With this transition, he will be stepping back from recording character voices for our games, but he'll continue to travel the world, sharing the joy of Mario and interacting with you all. Uh, and he goes on to say it's been an honor working with him and all that kind of stuff and uh, say that they will post a video message uh, at a future date. End of an era uh, with Charles Martinet as the voice of Mario. Me and you both have met him. Um, I actually have a Super Mario Brothers 3 poster signed by Charles Martinet. Um, he was a really, really, like one of the best people you can possibly meet if you ever get a chance to meet him. Like, please do. And now that he's going to be traveling the world as Mario Ambassador, I can't imagine anybody else more fit for that job. Absolutely. And I, I don't know his age off the top of my head, but, you know, he's he's probably getting up there um, as far as age goes. But he he's such a great spokesman mm -hmm. for that character. And, you know, we, as we both met him at the same Pensacon. And you know, yet the love that he has for that, character and that franchise is genuine and i think he's gonna be fantastic in that role so it's i i don't think it's it's a negative thing that he's stepping down it's yeah it's gonna be weird having somebody else be that character after martinet's done it for 30 years uh, tidbit retro but, in the chat says i wonder if the new voice is going to be original or just a martinet impression i imagine they're probably going to just do an impression from this that's what forward. they've that's what they've done with all the the character replacements is they find somebody to do the same voice. Yeah, they're not going to change with, <laughs> the voice of Mario. You know, Laura Laura Faye Smith was not the original voice of Rosalina mm. and she got the role because she could mimic the voice. Yeah. So it it'll it'll be the same thing, but mm. you know, it it'll be great for him that he'll get to he'll get to travel the world and represent the most popular 
video game character, or the most recognizable video game character of all time. Yeah, I kind of. So I, I look at it as a good thing. I kind of do hope they keep the movie Mario voice and the video game voice separated. Like, don't have anybody come in and do like a mishmash of Chris Pratt and Charles Martinet. Uh, in does, the game, does this happen forward. to be because Mushmouth said in the chat he hopes that it's Chris Pratt? <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't I, think they'll do that, that. That won't happen. I really don't think that'll happen. But you know, good, good for good for Charles Martinet though. He gets to he gets to travel the world and meet fans, and he seems like very much a people person. Yeah. So he is I, very much a people person. Like he is the most energetic person you will ever meet as far as like a celebrity goes at a convention like he you, when you meet with him it's like you're the only person on the planet at that moment mm-hmm. yep absolutely but the, i mean i know people are sad and everything but man think about it the guy's been doing the voice for 30 years he's gotta retire at some point yeah yeah, I'm I'm very curious to see what this video message from Miyamoto and Martin A will be. I mean, yeah. I'm sure it'll be, you know, a great tribute to to him. So, we'll uh we'll be anticipating that for sure. Yeah. From gameinformer.com, <clears throat> excuse me, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the Last Ronin officially revealed through teaser trailer. Uh, earlier this year, Paramount teased that a video game based on the popular TMNT graphic novel The Last Ronin was in development. While we haven't heard much since then, today's uh, THQ Nordic Digital Showcase gave us a teaser trailer. Unfortunately, we did not get any looks at gameplay or additional information. It's basically like a, a two or three shot trailer saying that the game's in development. Mm. If you don't know what The Last Ronin is, it's like a kind of like a post-apocalyptic story from the turtles point of view it's in a futuristic new york where there's only one surviving ninja turtle and he has to fight a like the next generation of the foot clan essentially even though the and trailer is very simple i mean all it is, is it shows different um i guess ways that the turtles die and each time they do one of the they have four candles and a, a candle will go out then it shows another, like it'll show a bunch of arrows, and then another uh, candle will go out, and it's like it's heart wrenching because you know exactly what that means. If you've never read The Last Ronin, it is an incredible story. I I can't recommend it enough, and I I cannot wait for this game. I think it's going to be really good. Um, we've needed a good like like Shredder's Revenge was great for that you know, old school, like side scroller beat em up style, but a more modern Ninja Turtles game I think is needed. And this will be a great story to adapt. Well, this is going to be really different as far as what kind of turtle games we've gotten in the past. Cause this is supposedly similar to the God of war series, the RPG style of the God of war series. So a game like that set in a post-apocalyptic New York with Raphael, doing an RPG style. I'm in 100%. Yeah, it's um it's going to be great. It's going to be really good. I will say as a side note before we move on, I did see the new uh Ninja Turtles movie over the weekend. I actually yeah. quite liked it. I it still really haven't good. seen it yet. I got to get there and and see it's, it before it leaves the theater. Yeah, it's it's good. I really enjoyed it. I did go see Rift Tracks last week. That's the first time I've been to the movies in a while. Uh, we watched Rad, the the nineteen eighty six uh, movie oh, nice. about BMX uh, stuff, um, freestyling. That movie yeah. is so cheesy, but it was awesome. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, are you up next or am I up next? Where Where am I at? I'm, You're up next. I'm lost here. Hold on. The, the okay. Sonic story. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, from NintendoLife.com, Sega to reveal Sonic Superstars news at opening night live. Uh, Sonic Superstars will be launching at some point in the near future on the Nintendo Switch. God, it's still so weird to say. Even after all these years, it's still weird that Sonic is on Nintendo stuff. And uh, multiple other platforms. To build hype for this brand new multiplayer platformer, there will apparently be a world premiere for the Blue Blur's new game at opening night live next week, which actually I think is tomorrow night. 
Um, according to the show's host and hype man Jeff Keeley, Sega will be sharing some Superstars news then and there. While the game's been rated in certain locations around the world, Sega hasn't actually locked in a release date yet, so we could finally get one. So uh, this is actually, this came out a few days ago, so the uh, the the opening night live is actually tomorrow night, so we should be getting some uh, Sonic news tomorrow evening. Yeah, and I, I mentioned this on the show last week. I'm really excited for this. I, I've been waiting for a a new Sonic game with new original areas made in the style of the old games with updated graphics. Mm -hmm. And that's what this looks like. And I don't know if you've seen anything from this game, but each character gets their own powers from chaos emeralds, Hmm. which is actually kind of cool. So I think that'll add a cool new dynamic to the, to the gameplay, Mm -hmm. but this will be fun. You know, I, I make no bones about my love of classic Sonic, so I'll be getting this day one. Well, this is this is like as soon as I saw this, I was like, Derek's gonna love this. Oh yeah. <laughs> Next up from WCCFTech.com, Dreamcast Mini was reportedly being considered by Sega, but cost and quality concerns prevented it from happening. Uh, see, at least that's what YouTuber and retro gaming guru. Adam Korolix has said in a new YouTube video about a mini version of the console and the Sega Saturn Mini. As most of you will know, there was a trend of releasing mini versions of retro consoles years ago with the NES and SNES, of course the two Sega Genesis minis, and Sony releasing its PlayStation Classic. In Korolix's video, the YouTuber talks about Sega's consoles and how he worked with Sega during the re-release of Shinmu. He likely refers to the re-release um, of the first game on PC and consoles in 2018. He was having a call over doing various digital Dreamcast re-releases instead of re-releasing those titles via a mini Dreamcast. And Sega said it would be too expensive for a mini console. If you wanted to release it, it would be like $300 because we need to put real hardware in it and the technology is just not cheap enough yet to actually do that. So yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't pay $300 for a a Dreamcast Mini, so... (laughs) Maybe a used one, uh, an actual Dreamcast. That, yes, but uh, a Mini... I mean, when you're selling the NES and SNES for 70, 80 bucks, 300 ain't gonna fly. Yeah, I mean, maybe if they did something sort of like if they did do a Dreamcast, but then they, like we talked about before, they put all the Dreamcast games on it, they put all of the... Um, the Sega Saturn Saturn stuff on it, and they put a bunch of uh, Genesis stuff on there. Uh, like I'm talking like 100, 150 games on that thing, and make it upgradable too. Like have some sort of USB port and a little homepage where you can download uh, ROMs to it, or, or or something like that. That would be worth you know a 200 <laughs> to me. I won't think I'd pay 300, but. I would pay $200 for something like that. That's what I wish Nintendo would do. Put out like a little console that, you know, like that looks like a Nintendo, but you can play like Super Nintendo stuff on it. You can play Nintendo 64 stuff on it, make it upgrade, like down a little hard drive on it where you can download stuff to it and play all the, the, the retro games to your heart's desire. Like that would be something that you, they should really be looking into but that's just me. I don't know if it's cost effective, probably not, but the one can dream. It makes a lot of sense to do that, which is why it won't happen. Yeah, and Tidbit in the chat room says much as I love a Dreamcast Mini, I don't know why Sega just doesn't re-release the games they put on it digitally. That's another thing. It's really hard to find Dreamcast games uh, on, you know, any kind of platform these days. Mhm. Unless they're, you know, remastered or something. We can only hope one day. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I don't know. We'll see. Um, and there was a little discussion piece I had on here. Um, I, I don't know if we want to go into it tonight, but the, uh, who was it? Game Rant put out um, a thing here for best retro gaming controllers in 2023. Uh, and it just kind of went through... All the different controllers here, like the 8-bit Do SN30 Pro. Um, I use that controller. I think it's 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 like a Super Nintendo controller, but it's got uh, dual analog Joy sticks six. on it and uh, and two extra shoulder buttons on it. Uh, they actually have a Hyperkin Duke 
wired controller cortana 20th anniversary limited edition that's really cool you're shaking your head you don't like the duke <laughs> i love no the it makes duke. me it makes me feel insecure that's 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 why i don't like the duke i love that controller man i don't care what anybody says. that thing's like things like holding a canned ham i i understand why you like it but just understand why i don't but they got a they have a bunch of cool controllers on here if you're yeah. if you're looking into getting uh especially if you're if you're doing some emulating on your computer or anything like that just go to gamerant.com look up best retro gaming controllers and they have some of the best ones on here and of course the very first one is the 8 bit do sn30 pro i highly recommend that one it's only like 45 dollars on amazon that's the one i use on um when i'm uh, actually i'll get up to my uh my switch too when i'm playing it on the tv that's what i use that and um i have a pro controller that i use sometimes but i'm pretty rough on pro controllers they tend to break on me pretty often yeah i want to get one of the sn30 pros because 45 dollars really isn't that bad for bad. a controller and i i like the fact that it's modeled after the mm -hmm. super nintendo controller so I mean, it's it's, it's, at some point, I'm going to get one. It's a little bit bigger than a, a standard uh, Super Nintendo controller because, of course, you got to get the dual analog sticks on there, but it's so comfortable in the hand. So if, if you're really wanting to play some you, uh, retro gaming stuff or, or, hell, even modern games work with it. So I would suggest getting one of those. I think I might do that. But they have a power I need to, a anyway. wireless GameCube style controller. I need to get a new GameCube controller. Anyway, yeah, I've funny enough. I still have my my wireless GameCube controllers. I don't know if you remember the WaveBirds. I don't but, remember uh, that. That yeah, I still have mine. And then I got one when um oh shoot when uh Brawl came out for the Wii. They released the um. A re a redid GameCube controller and it actually has the Smash Brothers logo on it, so I've I've got one of those. So I've got a wired one and a wireless one. Uh, you know, I was just looking at this and I need to get a uh, USB Sega controller, Genesis controller, so I can mm -hmm. emulate some Sega Genesis stuff. And they have one on here, yeah. Retro Bit Official Sega Saturn USB Controller Pad Model Two for twenty dollars on Amazon. I was about to say that twenty bu bucks. That's <laughs> That's really good. That's not bad at all. So mm -mm. I love controllers. I could scroll through looking at controllers all day. Yeah, we still need to do... Have we done our top five controller list yet? I don't think we have. We might have to look back through the, the archive and see, because that might be a pretty cool top five to do. Yeah, let me... Um, I, I'll look real quick. But uh, while you're looking that up, we'll go ahead and move into this month in video game history. August of 1981, Konami releases Frogger, which is funny because I just watched that Seinfeld episode not too long ago. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that episode until you just mentioned it. Um, yeah, Frogger, you know, it, it's I remember having Frogger for the Game Boy, and it's it's just such a simple game, but it's one that it's one of the best time killer games that you could ever play. Because next thing you know, after playing it for a while, an hour and a half's gone by. Oh yeah. And one of the best ports on the 2600 you can get. It's not bad at all. Yeah. Uh, we have done top five controllers. Oh, okay. I know so, it sounded familiar, but that's a... Yeah. Oh, I love that. We've done so many top fives that it's tough to remember <laughs> which ones we have and have not done. I know. August 15th, 1986, Nintendo releases Metroid for the NES in North America, the first in the Metroid series. Gotta love some Metroid. Yep, it's. I still think Fusion is the best of the Metroid games, but I I do like the original. It's just a lot harder than Super Metroid and Metroid Fusion. Yeah, I know, but Metroid Fusion is is not easy, but the difficulty on that last boss just ramps up so ridiculously. It's it, like, oh my god, it does. <laughs> It really does. Uh, August 26th of 1998, Crystal Dynamics releases Gex. Enter the Gecko for the N64 in North America. 
Yep, I reviewed this game a while back on the show, and I, I Gex was on a lot of the the failed gaming mascot list, but I enjoyed the game for what it was. I like little pop culture references like that. It's very dated, but it's from an era that I grew up in. So, like, I got the references. I thought they were funny. He's supposedly making a comeback. We'll see. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) And then, uh, speaking of Mario, we were talking about Mario earlier. August 26th of 2002, Super Mario Sunshine is released for the GameCube in North America. So, in just a few days if this game were a person it could legally buy alcohol Uh, that's so weird i know i think mario sunshine got way more hate than it should have that's a great game have you gone back and played that lately yeah it's a fun game like i like the flood dynamic Mm -hmm. is it as good as like odyssey no but it's it holds up better than a lot of the Mario games, in my opinion. It does. It really does hold up well. <laughs> it's Mush- got a cool... St- Mushmouth says, oh, Gex for, for Smash, Smash Brothers. Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that'll ever happen. Yeah, it's a good thought, though. But yeah, I, I love Mario Sunshine. It's one of the most underappreciated games, in my opinion. But before we go into the review for tonight, Derek, do you want to do our Patreon shoutouts? I would love to. We want to shout out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We want to shout out James, a.k.a. Jimbo Jr. from our Discord, Travis Martin, Raven, Danny House, Justin Nispel, John West, Daniel Salmon, Mr. B-Rez Coffee himself, Mike Eveland, Tyler Watson, Axeblade07, Armez Jackson, Carlos Longoria, a.k.a. Rampage. Rampage. Staff Sergeant Sketch, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Joey Image, and of course, Mama Diamond herself, Donna Diamond. Thank you all so much for your continued contributions and keeping the lights on for us here at the show. And if you want to be a part of our Patreon community for just as little as a dollar a month, you get your own RSS feed with ad-free episodes of the podcast, and you get early access to our bonus episodes. Normally we do a commentary track with the two of us and Wally Phelps, but we're going to change it up a little bit for this month. We've been talking a lot about tears of the kingdom, but we haven't spoiled anything because there are a lot of people still playing it, but Mm -hmm. we're going to dive deep (laughs) into the deep end with the spoilers uh, for this week. So we'll be doing a spoiler filled podcast for tears of the kingdom later this week. But if you like the commentary tracks, you know, we've done a ton of those from Batman, the animated series, Darkwing Duck, Tailspin, Transformers, the movie, Clue, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. The list is near endless on what we've done. So if you want to be a part of our awesome Patreon community, just head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And for new patrons, be sure to send us your social media information, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, slash X, Instagram so we can give you a proper shout out. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Derek, have you heard the news? What news? We officially have our very own line of coffee at brezcoffeeco.com. That's right. Nerd Cave Retro now has its very own medium roast coffee. If you want to try it yourself or even some of the other awesome flavors like Wizard's Potion, 
which is a butterscotch, caramel, and hazelnut flavored roast. Or the Dragon's Breath Roast, which is a cinnamon dolce flavored roast. They have tons of different flavors, and you can also just get a regular Colombian roast and add any flavor to it that you want. They even keep their seasonal roasts all year round. If you need that boost to get you through those all-night gaming sessions, then head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use the promo code NCR for 10% off your order. And tonight we'll be talking about... Takahashi Meijin no Bokenjima in Japan is also known as Adventure Island. It's a side-scrolling platform game produced by Hudson Soft that was released in Japan for the Famicom and MSX on September 12, 1986. It was also released in North America for the NES in 1988 and in the PAL region in 1992. Wow, that was a four-year gap between the American release and the PAL region. It was an adaptation of the arcade game Wonder Boy, which was developed for uh, by Escape for Sega. Uh, Adventure Island was followed by a series of sequels with no connection to the Wonder Boy series. And I, I was going to do like a little bit of a deep dive on how it came about, because like it said, it was originally uh, the arcade version of this game was the Wonder Boy series uh, for Sega, which Sega owns the right to that. So Hudson took basically the same game and reskinned it a bit and it became Hudson's Adventure Island and uh and instead of Wonder Boy changed his name to Master Higgins uh and made it a whole new property for Nintendo and I know that you know this is one of those games that at the time I remember this is one of the first Nintendo games I ever played this Kid Nicky um Castlevania you know these all kind of came out of around the same time and uh, it's one of those games that is synonymous with N- the NES for me. Uh, and I know Master Higgins never quite got the popularity of even Mega Man, who was not a Nintendo property. But you, when you think of Mega, you know Nintendo, you think of Mega Man. And this is it, it, Master Higgins is sort of like that for me when it comes to Nintendo. He, he's synonymous with Nintendo, but he just kind of never quite got that same cachet as, uh, you know, someone like Mega Man or even Mario. Well, he's also known as Master Wiggins yeah. <laughs> in the UK, or as I would call him, Master Wiggins. Yeah, Master Wiggins. Master Wiggins. Yeah, Master Higgins, you know, is one of those characters that, like, I don't think you could put him in the failed category because... It's like the effort wasn't really made for yeah. some reason for him to make it beyond a certain plateau, mm-hmm. which is a shame because, you know, I, I haven't played this game as extensively as probably you have. But it's one of those that, you know, I remember hearing about you know, back in the like the early 90s when I really started to get into gaming. And I I remember enjoying it, you know, from what little I played of it. Well, what really struck me about this game this time going through it and realizing how freaking long this game is i i mean i didn't even get halfway through the game playing this thing it's so ridiculously long uh and i put it in my notes what it it is um let's see where let's see where oh um you have eight have you have eight areas eight bosses at the end of each area and four levels within each area. And they are not short levels either. Each level has four checkpoints within the level. And the crazy thing about this game is you only, it's one hit deaths, which sucks, but you have a health meter in the game that constantly ticks down, but you have to collect the fruits in the level to, to make your health meter go back up. And I find that really strange. I didn't think about any of this stuff when I was a kid. When I was a kid, I just played this game. 
never finished it, never beat it. It was just one of those games you pop in and you just play it till you get tired and then you're done. Like I, when I was a kid, I didn't even know this game had an ending. Like it's just so stupidly long. And I just, you only get um, three lives, okay? Uh, or three, yeah, three lives and no continues. None. So you would have to finish this entire game on three lives with one hit deaths. But <laughs> there is, uh, there is, um, uh, the devs put a uh, hidden Easter egg and the, the end of the first level that gives you infinite continues. Um, but how, you, and I, but how you would, how you would even know it was there. Like you wouldn't even know it was there unless you read about it in a magazine or stumbled upon it accidentally. Even if you did, you would never know. So here's what you do at the end of the first level, right before you finish the, the, the finish line of the level, you, there's a platform you go to, you jump and an egg will appear and you get that egg. And from that point on, at the game over screen, you just have to uh, hit any direction on the, the D-pad and hit start. And you will continue from the beginning of whatever level you died on. So you have unlimited continues if you get this egg. But you wouldn't know to do that unless you were told or read about it in a magazine. Like, you, this game is so much more enjoyable when I read about that Easter egg, then I was like, oh, I have unlimited continues, but I have to get this egg. And then I got to hit, you know, press a button on the D-pad and hit start to continue. I like that it's a literal egg, though, yeah. for an Easter egg. That That's <laughs> kind of cool. But I don't know. I feel like the, the developers were just like maybe trolling in a way or they're just being straight up evil with the fact that you have to do this trick to, in order to have continues mm -hmm. and the, the health meter thing, like why even put the health meter? Yeah. If you're going to get killed in one hit, there's no point in having a health meter. If you're just going to die in one hit, it's, it's almost like, um, uh, ghosts and goblins or ghouls and ghosts, whatever system you're playing it on. It's like that. It's it's you get hit once, you're done. That's it. And there's a lot of platforming in this game. And I put I wrote this game is what I refer to as a butthole clincher in quotes. <laughs> the controls are good, but Master Higgins constantly feels like he's on ice because he slides everywhere when you want him to stop. There is no stopping on a dime. Lots of falling off of cliffs from unsteady jumps. Then there are levels with ice on the floor, and it's even worse. So I think we talked, I can't remember what game we talked about a couple of weeks ago, where it's like you're playing it and you, you always, I tend to die a lot because I was so unsure of where I was jumping with the platforming. It's sort of the same thing here because he, when you stop, he still has that extra little, you know, little sliding, you know, he slides a little bit. So you always end up kind of sliding off of the platforms you're trying to jump to. Yeah, because I remember comparing that to the Crash Bandicoot remaster, where if you don't land on a platform or a block in a like an exact spot, then you slip off and die. Yeah. And then you do that's those so frustrating. You do those jumps where, you know, you jump and then you're like, oh, and you're trying to like overcorrect. And there and there's really no overcorrecting. It's kind of like once you jump, you're committed at that point. Yeah. It's not yeah. like Mario where yeah, you know much. you can actually kind of, you know, still kind of control Mario in the air. But mm -hmm. with, with Higgins and, you know, even um, what was some of the other game? But with Higgins, like there, there is no, he he's like Simon Belmont. When you jump, you're committed. Like there's no, there's no, oh, no correcting in midair. Yeah, you just keep your fingers crossed and hope for the best. So there's just like I said, it, it's quote. There's just a lot of butthole clinching in this game where you're just like, oh, oh don't fall off me. 
So how far did you get? Oh, God, I think I got to like level three before I finally stopped. And after it was after playing for about two hours, because a lot of it is just memorization, uh, memorization to get through the level. The levels aren't that hard, especially if you know, because the enemies always spawn in the same places. They're, uh, they always come at you in the same spot. So if you know where they're going to be, you can fly through the levels. Like I've, I've went back and watched some speedrunners do it. And, you know, it takes, I saw the, uh, a TAS speed run, which is a tool assisted speed run, um, which is basically an AI run, uh, speed run. And it took it like 36 minutes to go through the game. And that's speed running 36 minutes to speed run this game. It's how long it is. Yeah. That's ridiculous. And a lot of it, like I said, it's just memorization. You can memorize the, the, the levels pretty well, but like I said, they're kind of long, you know, there's like four checkpoints within each, each level. And there's four levels within each level. I feel like that was a rarity. Well, like when you think of like Zelda being a longer game, but all the other ones, like, yeah, there might be some lengthy ones, but nothing like this. I wouldn't think. Yeah. Cause maybe really... Mario. Usually side scrollers aren't that long and they're just difficult, which is what made them feel long. This one's mm -hmm. difficult and long. So I would have never, ever finished this game as a kid, not knowing about that, uh, you know, infinite continues. Like there's no way. Yeah. Um, what about, um, cause uh, it says in your notes here that there are bosses at the end of each area. How are, how are the boss fights that you did? They're pretty easy. I mean, they're just, they're your standard, you know, very early NES game bosses where they're just big and they'll throw something at you and you just dodge it. And then you just throw axes at their head. And I think you got to hit them like four or five times in the head and they're dead They're I mean, they're really easy. Sounds like the boss fights on Kirby's Dreamland. Pretty much. I mean, they're not that difficult. Just as long as you don't get hit, you're fine. Do you have to fight any Ewoks? Dude, I swear to you, there's Ewoks in this game. <laughs> Play this game, and I think it's around level three or four of the first level or whatever. Uh, it's one of, the, one of the ones where you're in the woods running, and... At some point, a freaking Ewok came running across the screen, and then they showed up again like a level or two later, and I'm like, those are, those are freaking Ewoks, man. Hopefully nobody from Lucasfilm or LucasArts <laughs> hey, saw that. That little thing ran like, across the screen. I was like, George Lucas going to sue somebody. <laughs> somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that in your notes, and I'm like, okay, I have to ask about the I Ewoks. swear you, I'm, I'm going to have to look it up and, and find the timestamp on one of the uh, the videos, and I'll send it to you. You're like, dude, that is a freaking Ewok, man. There's no way that the people that developed this game must have loved uh, Return of the Jedi, because it, it's a freaking Ewok that comes running across the screen. It makes you wonder how companies got away with stuff like that. Like, Because like today, that would not happen. No. Like, they would get hit with a lawsuit so fast. Yeah. It would be ridiculous. But you look at you know, games and you know, even some shows that, like, how did you get away with that? Well, back in the 80s and 90s, it was a lot easier because nobody was like, you know, the Internet has ruined everything for everybody, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, and I yeah, also that, that's pretty wild, though. I also put in here uh, the pigmen in the game are called pooters. Do with that information what <laughs> you will. <laughs> that That's their legit name. Yeah. Pooters. That's what they're called. They look in the manual. Their names are Pooter, Pooters. I like to think that the developers they were just sitting around a table, and when somebody said that, they were all like, <laughs> like doing the you know the the tee hee hee laugh kind yeah. of thing. And, and also in this game, you know, most of the time you're just running from one end of the level to the other, very you know Mario esque, Mega Man esque. It's a platformer, but every once in a while you'll get an egg that has a skateboard in it. And that's when your anxiety goes through the roof. Cause you're just like, as soon as you jump on the skateboard and take off, you're like, I'm going to die. I'm going to get hit by something at some point. 
but at least the skateboard will take the hit for you if you hit something so that you won't immediately die by running in because you're going to run into something. There's no stopping when you're on the skateboard. Is it hard to control? Not really, but you just, you have to know what's coming up or you're going to fall off of a cliff. You have to, you have to have everything in the level memorized in order to get through it with the skateboard. Well, at least they, they threw you a bone in some way. Yeah. Um, and they do have uh, milk bottles that give you uh, that fill up your maximum health for no reason whatsoever throughout the game. Uh, that seems like a random like <laughs> means of health recovery. Uh, and you you don't normally start out <laughs> with a weapon. You have to uh, get break an egg to get your mostly your uh, your main weapon is your uh, tomahawk that uh, you're gonna throw at everything. Um, and sometimes it kind of sucks because when you die later on in the in the level, um, you lose the tomahawk and you have to get it again. So you have to get it from the next egg you run across. But sometimes you'll start at the last checkpoint before you died and there's no egg for like a while. And there's no way to get past some of the enemies without the tom or any a tomahawk or any common weapon. So you're just kind of screwed. And you have to die and restart the level. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, there's, <laughs> here's the thing. I'm not trying to crap on this game. This is one of the better earlier Nintendo games. Like, this is one of those games that I think absolutely needs to be in your collection for, for your Nintendo. But, man, they put a lot of stuff in this game to, to make it... Um, <laughs> anxiety ridden <laughs> i mean i know that, that back then you know the, the whole reason they made these games as ridiculously hard as they did it was to combat the um rental market because they didn't want these kids didn't want us kids renting these games defeating them in a weekend and then not purchasing it but on the flip side when you purchase it sometimes the game is just so hard you end up never being able to beat it or you just give up at a certain point because they're so freaking difficult. Yeah, it's one of those, you know, you live by the sword, you die by the sword yeah. kind of situations, which I, I was looking at the, the reception for the game, and it says here that uh, Adventure Island has received positive to mixed reviews from critics. GameSpot awarded it a 6.5 out of 10, calling it a fast-paced, challenging platformer. And Games Radar Plus ranked it the 23rd best NES game ever made and praised it for the fact that its challenge comes from quality level design and not low quality. Yes. Uh, Regarded as one of the most difficult NES games as well. I will say that this is one of those games that it it is ultimately playable. There's nothing game-breaking in the game. Uh, It's just... it's. it's so much memorization. It's all about memorization because like I said, it's not like uh, enemies that will, you know, just spawn in random spots or anything like that. Like everything in these levels is always going to be in the same spot every time you go through it. So you can learn to get through pretty far in the game on just memorization, but it's like this game was built for speed running <laughs> because that's all it is, is memorization. But I, I just don't know if there's enough to it to where if you've never played it, is this going to be something that, you know, somebody who's never played it, are they going to come to it now and enjoy it for what it is? Because it is one of those games that, you know, it's it's that early Nintendo hard where it's going to take you hundreds of of playthroughs to be able to just play it and defeat it are you going to give it that amount of time that we did as kids so there's there's the question that is true that is very true but um let's see game rankings gave it a 62 percent all game gave it three out of five stars and as we mentioned GameSpot gave it a six and a half out of ten, yeah. which is is not a bad score. I feel like that's a little low. The sixty two percent, low, and 
6.5. I think that's a little low. I mean, the game, it looks great. It sounds great. It plays well. It's just, you know, it's difficult because of just what it what games were at the time. But it is a right. very competent game, and it deserves at least a 7, 7.5. Would that be what you would give it? Yeah, I mean, I would give it at least a 7. Because I, I would say, okay. out if you were to only have, like, this would probably be in my top 25 NES games. Like, if you were to only have 25, you can only pick 25 NES games to have, this would absolutely be in there. Because this was, like I said, I have so much nostalgia for this game. And to me, it still holds up because it's fun to play. But, man, it it is <laughs> brutal. I mean, if Ninja Gaiden br- brutality in this game. Wow. Like, it is tough. Really tough. I mean, it did well enough to spawn a sequel. You know, it did have a sequel uh, a couple of years later. And, you know, there's been anime about it there's been manga uh, manga or manga however you pronounce it um you know it's i i think master higgins should be up there with mega man as far as like an nes nintendo nes mascot because and i think he should still be around i would love to see adventure island games still played today like i think master higgins needs to be in uh um uh, smash brothers Honestly, I think he cool. really does. That would be really cool. But that's just my opinion. I mean, uh, play it for yourself. See what you think. I don't know if it's on the Switch online. Um, I forgot to look and see if it was on Switch online. I don't think it is. I don't remember seeing it, but I, I can always go back and check. But there's gotta I'll have be, to revisit this game. Yeah, there's got to be, you know, you can go pick up a ROM somewhere. <laughs> uh, really, you know... Uh, not saying doing anything illegal or anything, but you know you can get a ROM in the game somewhere and play yeah. it, and enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, because it ain't like you. It ain't like you can walk in Walmart and buy a copy of it. You know. Yeah, but I think this is actually pretty cheap if you go to the uh, retro gaming stores. I I see Adventure Island all the time, and if you have a Nintendo, let me just look up real quick. Uh, Hudson's very interested to see what this is. Adventure Island NES. Oh yeah, dude, you can go on. Uh, let's see, buy it now, fourteen ninety nine. Um, let's see, buy it now, fifteen ninety nine. Roughly fifteen bucks, you can get a copy of it on eBay for. That's a, not bad at all. Buy it now. That's not bad at yeah, all. Not bad at all. Yeah, that's what I think. I think uh, seven point five. I thumbs up from me, even though it's kind of ridiculous, but I I like it. Yeah, I'll have to go back and give this a shot because I haven't played it in a long time. But you know, my memories of it are positive. Yeah, and uh, next week we're gonna do a top five list. And uh, D- Derek, tell them what we're doing. I can't wait to do this top five. So shout out to Brandon Rutledge for the this really good idea. We're gonna be doing top five worst games from great franchises i like it and i i can't wait this is going to be a i can't wait to see everyone else's list too because the <laughs> this this might uh ruffle some feathers but uh <laughs> I, I i really don't think it will but um no this will be a really fun list to come up with and then the following week i'll be reviewing jet force gemini for the n64 and it's also one of the few games from rare that I have never played before. I haven't either. So, and I, I remember it coming out. Remember hearing a lot about it, but just never played it. I so re- I remember the advertisements being all over the place for mm-hmm. this game, but I just never, never got it. Never played it. Yeah. So I'm excited to, to hop in and, and try this game out. So top five next week. And then the week after that will be jet force Gemini. And um, let's see. Uh, so if you are not a part of our discord, which I don't know what you're doing, head over to nerdcaveretro.com and, uh, click the discord tab. That'll take you to our discord. You can go in there. We have a top five, um, uh, category in there. You can post your top five in there or just email them to us. Nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. Top five worst games from great franchises. 
And um, that'll be the best way to get it to us. That way I don't forget if you post it to me on <laughs> X or Facebook. Because sometimes I forget. I'm an old man now. Don't You know, you have to forgive me for these things. That's all good. But, uh, but Derek, what is going on with the Derek Diamond experience? Yes. Yeah, so uh, this week I uh, had an interview with an author and filmmaker named Jonathan Gorman, who's based out of North Carolina. And he wrote a, a really good book called Your Life is Your Movie, which is like a self-help book, but it compares different aspects of life to filmmaking, which is actually brilliant. And it's a really well done book. So uh, we just had a, a really good chat, um, not just about making movies, but just life in general. So um, it was really one of the more personal conversations, I think, that, you know, I've had on that show. So head over to linktree.com slash D Diamond podcast to subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, social media podcast. Everything's in one location. Uh, go check out the Open Micers podcast at Open Micers on uh, Twitter, X, whatever it's called, and Instagram. Uh, last week, we talked with comedian Andrew Ferrara. The week before that, we talked with Zach Reinert. The week before that was, uh, who was the week before that? It was uh, Austin Church and Ben Compton. We've had some really good episodes. I uh, got another great episode coming up tonight, so go check us out over there. Plus, if you're a patron, we're going to make Jacob eat that. At, um, I actually called Burger King. And they're going to make that crazy cheeseburger for us with the 20 slices of cheese on it. Really? And, and Jacob's nice. going to eat it. <laughs> We're making him eat it for the <laughs> Patreon. So head over to openmikers.com awesome. uh, open or uh, at openmikers on Twitter and Instagram. And yes, we're going to give him, uh, we're going to stop him up for a few days with way too much cheese. I can't wait to see that. <laughs> I can't That's going to be incredible. I can't wait to see it, too. It's going to be disgusting. That's going to be so much cheese. <laughs> it is, but it's going to be like a car crash. Yeah. Like, you don't want to look, but you can't help That's it. That's a lot of, of what has to do with Jacob. It, he's like a car crash. You can't help but watch. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's going to do it for us this week. What do you say? Uh, one other thing I wanted to say real quick before we get out of here. Um, thank you to everyone for the birthday wishes oh, yeah. from uh, this past Friday. And also, big thank you to Mr. Jason Robbins for sending me some really cool Mario socks and a copy of Batman 89 on VHS, Hell yeah. which was fantastic. I wish I could have found one still sealed, but it, they're really hard to find sealed. But I found you the best one I could possibly hey. find. Any copy of Batman 89 is better than no copy of Batman I think 89. I, have a, uh, think I have a, um, not Batman and Robin, but Batman Forever. I think I have an extra Batman Forever downstairs, too, I might send to Ooh, you. Ooh, <laughs> okay. But I, I won't say no to that. I'll never send you, I won't send you Batman and Robin. I won't do that to you. <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> I think that's going to do it for this. And, and happy birthday, by the way. I know. Oh, thank you so much. But uh, what are you, like, 48 now, 49, somewhere around there? Uh, close. <laughs> close. No, I, I'm uh, 37. Woo, 37? Yeah. Yeah, 37. To, to quote Dante, <laughs> I'm 37? I'm 37? Wish I had that. Wow, man, I wish I'd have known you were 37. I would have I gone and clipped that. For the oh, that would have been great. It's all right, though. But, uh, but that's going to bring us to the end of the episode. And if you want to email us, please email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. You can go to nerdcaveretro.com. That is our link tree. That includes our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, and get and guess what? Our merch shop, which is at ncrmerch.com. You get, we got t-shirts, we got hats, stickers, magnets, bags, mugs, whatever your nerdy little heart desires. Follow us on social media at nerdcaveretro, at jfunktastic, and at Derek underscore diamond. And please, if you can't be a... Even if you're a Patreon, please go leave us a five-star review and a rating, five-star rating on all podcasting platforms because that's going to help us get in front of more and more people, which we our audience is always growing, and it amazes me every single month. So thank you guys. But Derek, please tell them what it's all about. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. Yes. Forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for late pizza.
This podcast is a Zoo House LLC production. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.